0: Hi, this is Tony Cotti, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast.
1: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my pal, James Jones. We are coming to you after Mark Noble said goodbye to the West Ham faithful at West Ham's home at the London Stadium for the very last time after 18 years of unblemished service and 549 games. Hopefully, he'll get to round that up. To 550 away to Brighton this weekend on the last game of the Premier League season, if nothing else, just so James Jones's OCD can cope with the amount of games that West Ham legend Mark Noble has played for this club. We've got loads coming up on tonight's show. We'll cover Mm -hmm. the season as a whole. We will do a season review next week, but we'll have a brief look back at what's been an outstanding campaign for West Ham. We'll talk about that emotional farewell that Mark made at home on the weekend. The excellent two-all draw against Manchester City that kept us in the running for a Europa League spot, albeit we still need Manchester United to slip up against Crystal Palace in order for the Hammers to get sixth place. Josie, nice to see you again, mate. Um, it was an excellent performance at the weekend, dominated, of course, by Mr. Mark Noble, as it should be. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say a few controversial things a little bit later on around that topic, which you'll definitely jump all over me about. Makes a change, yeah. On. <laughs> uh, but we'll get onto that later. First of all, nothing controversial
0: at all. Uh, how are you? Yeah, fine, thanks, mate. Um, it's been been a good good week since we last spoke. I've uh, got nothing boring to, to discuss this week, to be fair, though. That is it's a been, shame, mate, yeah. it's been. I was, I was thinking about it earlier, Cam. Is there anything boring that's happened in my life that I can talk with Will about 15 minutes at the beginning of the podcast? Yep, Nothing. Literally nothing. Right. My, my life's been pretty boring over the last seven days. So boring. Back. I've got nothing boring to tell them <laughs> yeah, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally been that yeah. dead. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy.
1: I love how you're like, oh, yeah, my life's been so boring. Over the past week, as in, like the suggestion that the week you told us about putting up a shed was like really exhilarating for yourself and for all of us to listen to, to,
0: compared to the the last seven days, that was exhilarating because I've not, I've not got anywhere close to building a shed.
1: Is it one of those weeks where you've just existed?
0: That's all you've done is been alive and breathed every day.
1: Yeah. yeah. To be fair though,
0: let's go back to the shed for a minute. Go on. Um, because the sun's out now, the weather's nice. Yeah. Uh, Harrison's finally playing in the shed. Happy days, mate. Yeah, he got home this evening. Um, yeah. Told me about his day and then yep. straight out on the balcony, straight in the shed. closes the door. Yeah. Having a great time. Happy days, mate. So, so, I, was, so I sat there with him and, and just admired my work because I've not been able to do that. It would sit out in the rain and admire it. So <laughs> I've, um, I've been able to admire my work this evening, which is, Happy which is days, awesome. mate. still standing. So it
1: turns out the shed wasn't a futile erection after all.
0: No, absolutely not. It's it's paid off. <laughs> Excellent, mate. <It's> <laughs> off.
1: Excellent. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for you, mate. I'm absolutely delighted. Um, it's still standing, obviously, as well. So the workmanship was A1.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's still, I'm, I'm looking at it going, I've done all right there. Yeah. I, I stood there like a proper dad. Proper yeah, yeah. Just was like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's good that's good craftsmanship.
1: Yeah, Lucy, come out here and look at this all this building yeah. that I did.
0: Look at how yeah. I built that. Look at yeah, I'm such, yeah. I'm such a man.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I, all like needed, all like, yeah. All I needed. All I needed. Yeah, all was like a can of Stella and a screwdriver in my hand and I had a bit of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just
0: look at me. I almost got the neighbours around to have a look.
1: Just put your DIY belt on. Yeah, do
0: want. that. Yeah. yeah. So I've just like have a nail as a toothpick. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Love it, mate. Yeah. yeah. Happy days. Um that's the thing, isn't it? Like when we work in uh, the the industry that we do, it's a bit hard, like from certainly from you, to sort of pull off the the proper rugged, manly things. Not like you know you can come home and you've been a carpenter all day and you've like built a roof out of wood and your bare hands. It's like, what yeah. did you do today? Oh, I did a couple of podcasts and so yeah. YouTube. I created content. <laughs> <laughs> so right, okay, yeah. well, that's not that's not like sort of overwhelmingly uh rugged is it but you're you're alpha in your own ways mate aren't you you're I'd alpha like to... you're
0: macho with your brain i'd like to think so it's a good of putting it actually i'd like mm, to think thanks. that i'm i have a I have a match macho intellect of some sort mm. um I, can, I put can a lot of ma-
1: thought into this mate trust me yeah <laughs> i can be i can
0: be macho in other ways yeah yeah Uh, But I can also be macho in building sheds. Exactly, mate.
1: The the full package. I love it, mate. Um, Well, as you're scrabbling around for a boring story, it's not quite shed email level, I'll be honest. Um, But I'll give you one of mine today because my day has been, it's a day off. I've done three loads of washing and made my bed uh, as well as, but I mean, which is pretty sort of mundane, boring stuff um nothing of note happened in any of those endeavors
0: Didn't however the colors no, no no
1: straight up whites and whites colors of colors they've all yep. come out perfectly nicely um just a, a mixed wash 40 degrees a yeah. thousand spins uh about an hour and 45 each and they're all just hanging up around me as we speak um one interesting thing though a while on the way on the flight back from seville actually um my watch broke and the strap came away from the face as I was stepping off the plane back onto English soil. Oh. Um, fortunately, it flew off my wrist, but fortunately I saw it happen, saved it, um, sent it off to Germany where the, uh, the manufacturer of the watch is um, in order to maintain its warranty and all that mm. sort of stuff. Uh, paid about 26 quid, I think, to have send it insured post about a month or so ago. And then three weeks later, it turned up on my doorstep um, with a thing saying, German customs have refused your package. So, that was irritating. So it came back broken. I'd paid, whatever, 26 quid for the postage. And then, so I thought, oh, you know what? Stuff the warranty. It doesn't matter, really. Uh, took it down Timpson's this afternoon and paid a quid to have it repaired. No right, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's not actually that boring. That's it's um, actually
0: it's pretty dull, isn't it? Didn't that give you a reason why they refused it? It seems like a really odd thing to refuse as a watch. Like, it's, nah, a, it's just, a broken watch, guys. Yeah. Right. I mean,
1: I, I don't I know whether I filled the form out. Just this is this package is not um, doesn't I don't know line up with German custom or regulations or something like that. I think that's bang out of order. Well, if if I, especially as I've just come back from spending significant amount of cash on their economy in uh, the, for the Frankfurt semi final.
0: Yeah, I mean, I rub- didn't
1: write down the customs form. To be fair,
0: just probably sorting the room. He's going, West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a bad day. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, Jonesy. Um, now we've got all the the hard hitting stuff out the way. Mark Noble's farewell on the weekend, and I be honest, I was absolutely devastated because in uh, as I've sort of mentioned quite a few times, part of my work, I work a lot of weekends. So to maintain my professional life and my West Ham supporting life, I have to do quite a lot of juggling, uh, shift swaps and negotiations with colleagues and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And in my haste, um, I've called in, I called in all of my favours throughout the course of West Ham's European campaign to ensure I attended all of the away games or as many as I could, all the home games as well. Um, And in doing so, just completely lost sight of the fact that the last game of the season was more than the last game of the season. It was going to be Nobles' farewell. And by the time I noticed and got round to asking my mate for a swap, he'd already booked himself a little trip down to Cornwall. And he is a Millwall fan. That was nothing Mm. to do with it, I don't think. He's normally very accommodating and he did help me out with... uh, Uh, If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to go to Frankfurt. Uh, So, yeah, he booked a trip down to Cornwall. So, I was genuinely, mate, I was devastated and had to sit in the office and work Sunday whilst seeing all the content and images and texts and pictures and all that sort of stuff over social media, online, and from friends and family who are at the game. Uh, Yeah, and I, I really, even now, you know, I'm, delighted with the things I've experienced this season. I'm really gutted about it, so I'm going to have to live it all vicariously through you this evening. Uh, you can bring it to life for me, um, and I'll just sit here and, and be glad that uh, my pal went and experienced it on behalf of the podcast.
0: Well, it was... Uh, I'm not going to play it down really on anything, mate. It was a wonderful send-off for the great man. It, it really was fitting for for not just a player that's spent 18 years playing for his boy club, but uh, one of us, is a fan, he's a bit of a cliche, but he is one of us, he said it at the awards that we went to, he said he's, he's pretty much lived the dream of every West Ham fan in the world.
1: Hmm.
0: And um, he's right, and we gave him a, a fantastic send-off, it was emotional. Um, you know, and he's doing his speech, Ben Shepard's interviewing him on the pitch, and you know, hmm. he can, he can hear his voice cracking a little bit, and, you know, when he says that I've got me family here, when I say family, I mean sixty thousand. Yeah, that set me off. Bless me, you know, I was like, oh god, oh god, go, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it was wonderful, and obviously the the performance and the result certainly helped the occasion be what it was. I think, and it was mm. a very fitting send off for um, a player that's just been a wonderful servant, a wonderful captain, um, and a wonderful player. Um, and someone that I really, really hope West Ham do what they can to keep him in some capacity because um, I think just off the pitch, professionally, he can be very, very vital to to the team, the squad, whether it's the youth team or the first team or whatever moving forward. But mm. the atmosphere was great. The fans turned up and like, propagated him a real good send-off. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else to say, mate. It was just it's one of those... Where you, I hate to say it, mate. Um, it's it's one of those where you kind of had to be there, yeah, yeah. Really, kind of feel the 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 emotion and the atmosphere and um and, and what I will say is fair play to City fans because they they did a little five minute thing where he came out before kick off on his own before the players come out. They were applauding him. Sixteenth minute, the whole ground stood up and applauded. City fans got involved in that, and mm. then all pocket. Of, of City fans that stayed behind and watched the ceremony afterwards and and, and clapped yeah. yeah. Um, got behind. I mean, we said before that West Ham and City have got a bit of a relationship mm. two sets of fans but it was particularly nice to see the away fans. Obviously, they got a long, a long journey back on a Sunday afternoon back up to Manchester but there, a few of them did hang about and um, showed their respect and their appreciation for one of the last one-club men in football.
1: One of the finest English
0: midfielders of our generation, you mean? Yeah, it will always be one of the biggest uh, injustice in English football history that you never got an England cap.
1: Mate, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that little where will uh, let everyone know what's coming up on the show tonight. We'll do a little Mark Noble segment, I think. Um, we'll look back at that, that city game, but uh, yeah within that we'll do we'll do a little segment to to mark and just all the sort of memories or whatever and I've got a couple of perla little stats for you as well. so uh, we'll get into that in a little while. Just a reminder that you can follow us on uh, social media. That's the podcast and me and James on Twitter we're at we are underscore West Ham. James is at, at by James Jones and I'm at William Pew underscore Instagram. We're West Ham Pod. Facebook, just search the We Are West Ham podcast. Do the same on YouTube and you'll find our channel with all of the videos that Jonesy puts up each and every week. And if you're feeling a bit retro, you can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com. The links to all of the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham included in the description to this podcast below. And don't forget, you can buy us a beer, Jonesy and I, and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. Donation star from as little as a fiver the money goes straight to me and jonesy we only ever spend it on equipment for the show things to make this better guest fees etc etc or over a bar when jones and i are together so that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are westham if you want to do that what's coming up on the show tonight we'll look back to that fantastic draw to all against manchester city tune up of course spectacular performance by jared bowen emotional send-off to mark noble the penalty miss all of that stuff to get a point to keep our europa league dream still alive we'll look back Uh, To that, obviously, we'll make our Betway charity bets. As I mentioned, we will go into the Mark Noble stuff in a little bit more detail. Make the final Betway charity bet of the season. We did have another winner this week. Those of you watching closely on social media will know who it was. So we'll talk about that. Make our final selections of the season, which is exciting indeed. We'll have a Brighton opposition view. Um, And then that will basically be it for our last proper format podcast of the season. As we mentioned last week, me and Jonesy will do an end of season review as we always do. And then we're going to give ourselves a well-deserved break. We think it's well-deserved. You may not, but (laughs) regardless of that, we are going to be having a break. Um, So yeah, all of that's to come. And then obviously, as always, we'll have some final thoughts. From Jonesy and I. So first of all, West Ham United to Manchester City to tears all round as we said goodbye to Mark Noble. Let's look back at that properly next. <laughs> you mentioned it there then, Jonesy. You've touched on the Mark Noble stuff already about how emotional it was and how touching it was. So what we'll do, we'll go on to that. In a little while, uh, in a little bit more detail, we'll look back at some stats. I'll ask you for, you know, some of your favourite Mark Noble moments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and we'll just generally talk about him. A couple of the things I say might be a bit controversial, but I don't want anyone to be any doubt that I love him just as much as everyone else. But before we do that, mate, just just talk me through then uh, the 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 game. I, I did watch it quite intently. I was fortunate enough that, that I just got to sit and take it all in. Um what are your thoughts on the game as a whole? Is it were you disappointed with the result? Were you, you know, a fantastic point against hopefully who will be the the champions at the end of the season? Just talk me through your feelings. Obviously we come out of blocks, fantastic start, just a really entertaining game of football, quite frankly. But yeah, talk me through your feelings. Yeah, it was a really entertaining
0: game of football and I thought that if that was against any other team Squandering a two goal lead at home then I probably would have been a, a, a lot more disappointed but I thought in the grand scheme of things given that given the situation Man City are in at the moment you know they, they still could lose the title to Liverpool um, it would have done them the world of good to rock up and run the floor of us which they would normally do um, in, in years gone past and I feared that I thought I did predict Predict two two in the upper position view last week with Steve, but I did fear in the back of my mind. I thought this could be dangerous.
1: Clang! That didn't
0: take long, did it? Yeah, this could be <laughs> bad. That subtle little brag. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it could be a little bit. It could be a little bit bad, but the performance was superb, and as a result, you can't really be that annoyed when you go two up against Man City, one of the best teams in the world, um, and only manage a two all draw. Um, so all in all delighted with the point it's a good point mm. keeps in the race for the top six because we do need to rely on Palace to do a favor and we need to rely on beating Brighton which we never do mm. but we're still in it we're still in it and it yeah. guarantees us European football um of some of, of some sort next season anyway so good point
1: well mate that port- is huge isn't
0: it I yeah. mean that's
1: my perhaps my fault for not mentioning the introduction but West Ham are playing in Europe again next season. But it's
0: amazing. It's the first time in our history we've qualified for Europe two years yeah. running via a league position. Yeah, superb. That is that is crazy. It, it really is crazy. I mean, you consider it's pretty much the same squad two years running. Mm. Um, it's so the same threadbare to... squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. But I thought the performance, given where at the stage we're in the season, given that it's a threadbare squad, and you know, given the, the states that you're in and what they're chasing, I think the performance, the attitude um, and the result all round was, was very, very good for us. Um, City weren't at their best quite clearly. Yeah. But we caused them problems for Antonia was, was brilliant up front, caused them a lot of problems. Um, Four is was superb, wonderful assist for the opener. Yeah. Uh, Bowen was his just usual. Clinical. M- clinical yeah. nuisance running in behind. Um, and it was all, it was just a very very good performance from everyone. I thought it was very mm. very encouraging going into the last weekend with with still loads to play for.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Honestly, I I just yeah, it was a strange one. I mean, us racing into the lead, obviously that was like wow.
0: You know, this
1: is yeah. what is going yeah. oh, hang on. Bob, Bob. Wait,
0: what? Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So I got some stats to give you in a minute. Controversial thing number one. This isn't noble related, okay. uh, and I've just remembered it. Funnily enough, because uh, obviously I was in work at, at the weekend, as I mentioned already. We race into a 2 0 lead. Absolutely happy days. Like you know, brilliant. The Europa League dream is still alive here. If we win this, incredibly, it's all in our hands. Blah blah blah. So unbeaten at home against Man City this season. Amazing. Nice. And obviously we've played them twice, uh, but. At half time, Manchester City to win were four to one. Now, I I put a tenor on it and I only did that. Now listen, listen, listen. I put a tenor on it because I thought that's an extremely good value bet.
0: Oh, and, it's a good price, yeah.
1: And and also that when they come back and win the game, it will I'll be really gutted about it but my wounds will be salved somewhat by the fact that I'll have 40 quid that I didn't have before. <laughs> and I was honestly, mate, certain. And look, let, let's be honest. If it wasn't for a freak Riyad Mahrez penalty miss, that's precisely what would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I got absolutely slated for it in the office. Absolutely. Oh, betting against your own team. And I, I, it didn't change my stance at all. I was still absolutely like up buzzing when Fabianski saved the penalty Um, And I just wonder what your stance was. Are you going to see reason and sort of back me up a bit and be on my side? Are you going to join in with my colleagues who were ready to hang me from the nearest
0: lamppost? I mean, it is a controversial one, mate. I mean, betting against your own team is bold. Um, Some would say... But I didn't want it to win. But then why did you put it on there? Some would say it's incredibly unloyal. No, it's because <laughs>
1: it <was 'cause> I <laughs> thought it would win. I didn't want it to. I thought it would.
0: Mark Noble would be spitting feathers if he's listening to this. He'd be like, I didn't <laughs> it, play 18 it, years for his football this football club. Yeah, true. I didn't play 18 years for this football club. I didn't sacrifice 18 years of my life for you to bet against me. Like, that is, I don't know. But <laughs> well, he wasn't on then. He wasn't on. But from a financial point of view, I get it. And honestly, game. that is a good for, price, four to one for them to win, even at two pound. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it price. was basically four to one for Man City to score three goals in a half, which they've done plenty of times before, yeah, while they're chasing the Premier League title. I was like, <laughs> you know, like I, Craig Dawson at the back against their defenders as well. I mean, obviously we saw it with the penalty he gave away. And yeah, you know, I, I didn't feel like stupid for doing it afterwards because I thought, well, yeah, Riyad Mahrez. That was his first penalty missing nine or ten, I think.
0: Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah.
1: So you know, it wasn't like a completely freaky bit. Anyway, uh, that was just one intriguing one. I yeah, I honestly thought it was a really good result. Um, uh, it was a it was a strange, strange position to to be in because of got such an affinity, sort of. I always have really since I was a kid, even before they were this global behemoth that they are now i've always had an affinity for city and their their fans like before it became like the trendy thing i always look at it and say no one who supports man city who's my age had any choice in the fact that they got bought out by oil billionaires right just like we wouldn't if it happened to west Ham. so you know when people like begrudge it i just think i that those are the people i think of when city do well there's people you know they were selling out Main Road or whatever, 25,000, 30,000 people, like home to Gillingham in the equivalent of League 1 or 2 or whatever it was, mm. however many years ago, like within our lifetimes. And those same people who love City who were there for those games will still be in the Etihad now. All right, there might be more fair-weather fans or tourists or whatever whatever stick people want to beat them with. But Manchester City have got a big hardcore of supporters most of like they're the most supported team in Manchester, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. most Proper, of people who live in Manchester. Team, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. So you know, if it's them or Liverpool, I want Man City to win every time for that exact reason. It's just because I always think that when my view on clubs is mostly based around what I think of their fan base, really, because that's what fo- football's for the fans, isn't it? That mm-hmm. is without fans, football's nothing. Um. So, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, like, oh, if we beat these here, obviously it's amazing for West Ham, but oh, it'd be a shame if we'd deny, we deny them, like, hand Liverpool the title um, yeah. ahead of them. So if ever there was a game where I sort of, there was a smidgen of me that didn't mind it being a draw rather than a West Ham win, it was that one. But I was just left with that little bit of disappointment at the end because the idea of, and I know we never beat Brighton, we've established that already, but the idea that going into that last game of the season, it would have been in our hands to secure Europa League again if we'd have won. I was once we were two new up. I was hooked. Then I was like, "Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, and we're going to beat Brighton for the first time ever. Like, Europa League again. Here we come. Oh my god, happy days." Um, but yeah, it wasn't quite
0: to be. I completely agree with everything you said about City. For a start, I know a lot of City fans. A lot of them who were there um, when they were. Rubbish, mm. uh, to put it to put it mildly. Um, yeah, exactly. Talking to talking to Steve on the on the pod last week, I asked him about Erling Haaland, uh, best probably you know the, one of the best strikers in the world right now. City have got him for the snip at sixty million quid, and I said, how do you feel? And he was just, like, I genuinely can't believe we've got a player of his caliber. Mm. And that's not just him going, how be you know I can't believe West Ham, uh, Man City has signed him. That's mm. coming from. How on earth have, have Manchester City come to this point now, where we're in a position to be able to sign Erling Haaland, yeah. even ten years after the, the the Aguero goal and all the rest of it? So, yeah, I'd I prefer to see them win the league. So you know the point, you know, does do them a flavor mm.
1: a little
0: bit, but but yeah, I think um, I think the top six battle asking are we asking a lot for for Palace to beat United? I don't know. I'd, at Sellers Park, so it, that, can, that yeah can, can be a bit of a naughty place to go uh, with their 15 Ultras in the corner. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a black
1: T-shirt brigade. Yeah, they love it.
0: Don't they? There's only about 15 of them, but they make a bit of noise. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've just got this feeling that we're going to, if there's ever a time to beat Brighton, it's now, isn't it? It's this Mate, week. you
1: say it every season. We're not, uh, yeah,
0: I know, but there's never really been not. anything riding on it. Now there's something riding on it for us, and... Now, if there's ever a West Ham squad over the last five or six years, however long it's been since Brighton came up and decided to be our bogey team, mm. um, it's this one that I would back to finally break the duck on the last day of the season to secure top six if Man United bottle it. <laughs> so, I'm I'm quietly confident. Mate, we've had three I'm quietly, games against quite them. confident. I know, I know. No, stop it. Don't I, put yourself through it, I mate. Think, I think it's five draws in a row against them in, oh, in seven meetings. Um
1: we had yeah. the best team we've had for generations or whatever, like the last, or this season and last. We've had three games against them with those players in that team, with Lingard and all that sort of stuff.
0: It's just I think like twice that. they've got last minute. Draw lads, oh, draw lads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Twice we thought we'd done it and then yeah. Neil Moro <laughs> pops <popped> up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right,
0: and flares on the London Stadium pitch. Like yeah, I, like, I know. What's going on here? Like, We're never yeah. going to beat this time. But I've, I'm keeping the faith. David Moyes and those and, and those players have uh, have constantly delivered this season. True. Even when we've least expected it. Yeah. So let's have a little bit of faith. What, what do we sound, Leon? What's yeah. It? Let's let's head more heart, mate. Exactly. And I'm I'm taking that motto into Sunday afternoon because yeah. you know last game of the season. I don't want the season to end. But if it's gonna end, then let's let, let's end on a higher top six finish again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Well, look just uh, quickly then uh, about the bits and pieces on Man City game, the goals, Jared Bowen's goals, both of them again, and he's getting really good at that. Just clinical, clinical, yeah. clinical, clinical finishing. So yeah, major respect for him. The runs were timed perfectly. You know, with threat of offside on both of them. What a season he's had. What a campaign. Major soft to him I can't wait to watch him again. Week in week out in a West Ham shirt next season. Um no rumours talking about him leaving which is nice despite the fact him yeah but as in none of any traction.
0: Worried about Liverpool uh, yeah, If if yeah. Man if Mané leaves I'm worried.
1: Well we'll dig our heels in no doubt won't we? Hundred and fifty million again.
0: Uh, Six hundred million if it's Liverpool, why not?
1: Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Him. Him. Selling him to sit, selling to City for thirty. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, br- brilliant from him. Wow, I'm just, look, I'm gonna say it because I know I'm always the guy. Um, Mikel Antonio, when he's through on goal, trying, quite <laughs> having yeah, never scored yeah. a goal from outside the area in the history of football and his life, decides while he's rankly low on confidence through on goal with Pablo Fornells, I think it was in the middle, hearing through, screaming for the ball to be passed to him. Noble behind him on the bench still at that stage, screaming at him to pass. Nope. Antonio goes, what I'll try and do is chip the goalkeeper from the corner of the penalty area with my right foot, even though it's an effort that should be hit with my left if I'm going to attempt uh, a shot on goal. Uh, My confidence is absolutely through the floor as far as what i do in front of goal at the moment anyway um yeah i'll just i'll do that i think because that will probably come off i mean honestly mate honestly uh, just there's been so many of those recently and people in the office giving it about hard work and all that sort of stuff fine fine i know that's part of it but you're a center forward and that, and I'm sorry, and there's all the all the other stuff, right, that I heard about him and being tired and all those things. I can sort of stomach those. How he didn't
0: pass that mm. is just honestly, mate. Or take it, or take it past the keeper like Bowen did in in the first in the first half. You know, you, you run just, run out the keeper even if you're not going to pass it. At least try just, and do just something seems, that you yeah and do.
1: Well, mate, that's the um, recently, right? When he's got in a few of those positions, and every time it seems like uh, it, it's almost like in his head he does it and West Ham clips the alternative commentary which I know thousands of people listen to every week do it brilliantly and then he does the thing where he's like right and he freeze frames it and he gives options of like right does he do this do this do this and like gives options of the things he could do it's like uh, can like casually control it and pass it across the Pablo 4 Now to slot into the empty net? Does he take it out round the goalkeeper who's miles out of position, use his pace and slot it into the bottom corner? Or does he attempt a ridiculous spoon chip even though he's never scored from outside the area in his life? Oh right, yeah, of course it was flipping C. And it's like recently, every time he gets into dangerous positions, like the whole world pauses he does a quick list of things, ranked from most sensible to most ridiculous in his head, and then goes, "Well, I'll, I'll do the most ridiculous one then, or the most unlikely to produce a goal, or because I don't, I, he was, I know he's always been a bit erratic, and we always used to joke and say oh, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what he's going to do, which makes him unpredictable because neither do the, the defenders. That bit's fine, but honestly, he was never this." Uh, t- Technically inept, was he? Mm -hmm.
0: No, I don't think he's ever been like that. And it's got to the point now where he's either thinking it through too much, and by then it's too late, or he's not thinking it through at all, and he's making silly decisions. Definitely the first one. Um, Confidence just on the floor, isn't it? it, It's that is down to confidence, and I think a lot of it was down. I think that what we saw against City on Sunday was the fact he's low on confidence and he's desperate for a goal. I know he scored against Norwich, but he's desperate for a goal. Hmm. Um, at home, he wants to get a bit of form back. That's why he's gone for goal there, because he wants to get on the score sheet. He wants that's to not that good ball. enough, mate. That's not, I mean, not good, I'm not enough. You're good enough. You're playing I'm not a team. You're playing a team. not saying it's good enough, but I reckon that's gone through his head. He's, like, he's seen the keeper come off his line. He's seen the opportunity. In, in the moment, i am gone near my moment, instead of... Just taking another half a second to, to have a little look around him and see four nails running through, or mm-hmm. as I said before, try and take it around the keeper. Yeah. Um, from from where I was sitting, yeah, <laughs> but all I find, it, sorry, go on, it, it didn't look as bad. We didn't, know right, it, it, it happened on the other side, so like, yeah, of course, we yeah. didn't really see how much room for nails was in. We didn't really see, you no, know, we just saw him try and chip the keeper and he missed him. We're like, oh, that was unlucky. It's only when I saw the replay after the game and I was just like, I can't believe it. What's God. he done?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, tragic.
0: But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I just, yeah. I mean,
1: uh, I've, mate, uh, you know, I will talk about another. I haven't got the energy to talk about the need for
0: West Ham to go out and buy a striker. I but
1: haven't he, got the
0: energy. In in his defense down the first half, um, a superb assist for the second goal brought the ball down well, held it up well and then and then saw Bowen running in behind for, yeah. for good assist. Yeah. So um I thought I, all overall, apart from that missed opportunity, I thought overall it was a good performance for me. I thought he caused City a lot of problems. Mm. Um so yeah, okay, he, he made a really silly decision in that moment, but for for ninety three minutes of the game, I thought he, I thought he was very good. Yeah. All right.
1: Fair enough. Well, not fair enough, really. I'm still quite annoyed about it. but <laughs> I just find it baffling, like, exactly what you said there. He thought, oh, yeah, that would be a good idea to shoot from here. Um, And then it's like, yeah, that would be a good idea to shoot from here first time. But the amount of times this season he's got into positions, or more so recently, where the only option is to shoot first time, and he turns into yeah. someone and loses the ball. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, what? Oh, honestly. Nah. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, City's goal. Uh, first one, deflection, fluke. Uh, got away with it,
0: balancing itself out, I suppose. Well, it did take a deflection, didn't it? Two deflection. Um, I still think it's going to go in, though. I think he hit it hard enough for it to beat Fabianski um, mm. or cause him a lot of problems. So, two deflection, but um, yeah, I don't think it would have mad. Mm. All right, fine. Um, Penalty,
1: yes or
0: no? That happened right in front of us, and we were adamant that no, it wasn't a penalty. Um, yeah. And then, so obviously, when he goes look at the screen, you're like, well, he's got to look at the screen now. So yeah. <laughs> that's a penalty yeah. then. So even if it's not a penalty, it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, I've seen the replays. <laughs> Still, I'm an hour. I think it's soft. I think it's soft. I think he's gone down very, very easily, and he's, he's almost used, used Dawson and his defensive technique. Against him by kind of falling over, um, and use the contact. Block. Also
1: known as good centre forward play, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just
0: he's used the contact to his advantage. Um, even though the contact was just Dawson trying to block blocking him from getting a cross in. Um, mm. But he's lunging just,
1: in. Why are you lunging in? He's there?
0: lunging in, but I still I I think it's soft. I think it's soft. Yeah. I could you can tell why in real time. And the thing that annoys me about this is that in real time, hmm. that type of supposed foul is seen as not a penalty because there's very very minimal contact.
1: So I don't then, know, mate. So to then
0: look, the... so to then look at the look at the the, um, the monitor on the side of the pitch and go, actually that is a penalty even though it's minimal contact. I think it's just a little bit harsh. I just think the refs know have got it there now, haven't they? So if, they let it, play go on. Yeah, then... maybe. But if, if it's shown that yeah, he's he's, he's clipped his ankle mm. um, when he's about to shoot or something like that, or he's taking him out, um, or there's a little bit arm and eye on whether he's got the ball or not. Did he did he make contact before the player or before the ball? Then fine. But that was the ball was running out. He wanted to get the cross in. He's yeah okay. He's lunging a little bit, but he's not. It's not fouled him. If that's outside the area, that's not a foul. Mm, I don't know I'll so that's that's you my know, stance but yeah, you're know, he, yeah, wrong but <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um, one thing while we're on that note then Jonesy I think one man I thought the other day I saw a picture of him after the game who's had a near flawless season is Lucas Fabianski and alright it's been overshadowed by some outstanding performances from Bowen and Rice and Dawson and you know Chriswell. Uh, for now has been excellent um you know Zuma when he came in, but honestly, what a man! Even Ariola for the Europa League games was was phenomenal. It's the strongest goalkeeper department we've had for years. And mm-hmm. Fabianski, after a little wobble last season, was it? There was a couple of question marks, a few performances, and you were like, "Oh, is this the beginning of the end?" He has been absolutely phenomenal this season. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is his. This is probably his last season as our as our league goalkeeper. I think. If no. We get, if we get Ariola, they'll swap. Uh, if we keep Ariola full time, um, wow. I think they'll swap round. Um, the last you say that, and he has had a superb season. I mean, you, for once, it's nice to go into a game knowing that we haven't got to worry about who's in who's in between the sticks. Hmm. But the last two games, he did it against City, and he did it against Norwich, where he's balls coming in the air and he's fumbled it. Um, hmm. Against Norwich, missed that corner that it led to Sam Byron getting a, a rare goal, uh, which was thankfully ruled out for a handball, and he did it against City as well. So, that's crept into his game a little bit. Yeah. But he's saved about four of the six penalties he's, he's faced really? this season. Yeah. He's pulled off some absolute world he saves. Um, you saw that on the highlight reel at the, the awards last week when they were going up for save of the season. A lot of them were his. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you're saving penalties against what you saved against City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Leeds, I think. And three of those, you no, know, three of those four four teams have got very, very good penalty takers. We a penalty from all of them. So superb season. You're right. He has gone under the radar a little bit, but I think this may have been his last league season for us. I think he'll be the cupkeeper next year.
1: Wow. I mean, to be quite honest, that would just be sad. I don't think that's particularly a poor footballing decision because I think Ariola has been really impressive when he's come in this year. Um, Reminded the situation.
0: With Areola uh, on loan still. He's on loan. Uh, Apparently, we do have an option to buy. Um, I've read. I read a report the other day that PSG have offered to subsidise his 150 grand a week wages. Is that what he's getting? Flipping hell. But they've offered to subsidise it so they can get him off the books at PSG. Right. Um, and we can sign him full time, but they're going to pay his wages still for. Or like for a percentage of it. Or or percentage. Yeah. So. If um, he's going to be
1: number one, you wouldn't begrudge paying him seventy grand a week, would you? No, I mean, exactly. And yeah. then pay the other half or whatever. Exactly.
0: And I think Fabian's I mean, actually like,
1: thirty-seven as
0: well. Yeah, exactly. So I I think it'd be silly as well to pass up an opportunity to bring Ariola in full time and go for another goalkeeper in the market. He's been Why? here a year. Why would you go for another one? It'd, no, be, it'd, be, it'd be silly to do that. You need another oh, goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. So you may as well pay whatever PSG want for him. Hmm. Which is going to be peanuts anyway. They want him off the books. If they just want him off, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be what, 10, 15 million quid probably. Um get him or in. just a bigger percentage of his salary Maybe. or whatever, in it, really. Yeah. 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 And he's he's it'd be it'd be he's had a year at the club. He's I think there's I saw some quotes from the other day saying he's really enjoyed it. Yeah. He's really enjoyed playing for the club. Get him in. And then even if he's next year he's not number one, he's got to wait another year. Mm. You know, at least he knows the surroundings, he knows the squad. He's happy. He's settled. Um, so I'd be very surprised if we don't do that. Um, but then at the same time, I'd be very surprised if 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 we do that and then don't make him number
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. What's uh, right? So yeah, West Ham have the option to sign the 29-year-old permanently. Yeah, Ariola, 29. Again, as we are seeing from Fabianski, it's
0: it, it's yeah. really.
1: You, get you know, 10 years at our goalkeepers, didn't you? Definitely 29. Yeah. Ten might be, yeah. Um, yeah, eight years. Yeah, yeah. Moisey's absolutely gushing about him after the game as well. Um, one final thing. Sorry, James. I know we're doing this in a lot of detail here, but the West Ham scoring in that game meant that we've scored in every single home Premier League game this season. That is the first time we've done that in a campaign since eighty eighty one, and it is the first time we have done it in the top flight since 1926-27.
0: Hey? How's
1: that for uh, a zinger?
0: Yeah, that is a zinger. I mean I knew it was, I knew we'd done it with that stat, but I didn't know yeah. how long it was since we last did it. And that's no. that's what over what almost hundred years. Yeah, exactly, like, mate. Yeah. So crazy,
1: uh yeah, yeah I'm gonna credit Mark Sheehan, uh he's actually a Tottenham fan, who I saw asked the question on um no, sorry, sorry, it wasn't. He uh had, got another stat about Mark Noble which we'll get on in a minute and um, yeah I just saw it on Twitter someone said I would scored in every game so I checked out work I was like oh, I wonder when the last time we did that was yeah 80 81 but that was in the second tier um and then yeah after that 1926 27 last time we'd done that in the first division amazing record Crazy. amazing stat. just shows how far, far, far the club has come Uh, Jonesy, you mentioned or you've been through all the Mark Noble stuff, how emotional it was already. Um, another stat that I was checking out. That's it was one thing. It's a strange thing because obviously if I'm in the stadium, I'm not I'm not on my phone. I'm not like looking up these things. But it was a weird situation to be in the office and like looking up all this stuff as it was interesting points were coming up from the game. Uh, Mark Noble is. The English, no, sorry, let me, this is quite a specific way of saying this. No other English player has played as many games or more than Mark Noble in the Premier League and not been capped by England. And I know what a travesty is, as do you. Uh, and it's it sort of that stat in itself kind of proves it really doesn't it do you know what i mean it's like um I, i've i've got the uh, i've got the stats in front of me here actually mark noble so he's played 413 premier league games um this was yeah i'm not sure if that was including before uh, after city that was at 10 past 4 on sunday that was yeah, so yeah that was include city 413 then so could go up to 414 if he goes to 4 he'll draw level with Andy Cole and Aaron Lennon. Um, so, all the players above him, Danny Murphy, Teddy Sheringham, Leighton Baines, Southgate, Shearer, Kevin Davis, Peter Crouch, Carrick Rooney, John Terry, Defoe, Scholes, Campbell, Ferdinand, Gerrard, Phil Neville, uh, Jamie Carragher, Heskey, David James, James Milner, Lampard, Barry. That's up to Barry, who's the most Premier League games played, right? All of those people above him. Have got England caps. yet yeah, Mark Noble never has. You'll have God knows how many people below him. The Jake Livermores of the world. Um, <laughs> the uh, who else? Who's that the Steve, the Stephen Calkers of the world. Ryan Mason.
0: Yeah. The the but they, they get picked.
1: The countless England uh, or the countless English players with far less um, Premier League games under their belts who've been capped by England. And it's one of those things where people mock West Ham fans in particular for always calling for it. And I think on the whole, it's probably reasonable to suggest that, you know, he was not good enough. But 2016, he definitely, definitely should have been in that team. I know he got into the provisional squad. I saw some stats the other day comparing him with, with Deli Ali and a couple of, I think Dyer was playing in midfield at the time, a couple of other midfielders who got in ahead of him. And it's just, uh, you know, the the, the stats idea.
0: That, yeah, yeah But streaks ahead, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they, I they th- compared th- him to Alana, who went, and Alana's. Yeah, like, that was the other. What else is he doing? Like mm. that ring? but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, so no, definitely definitely a travesty on that side of things. But mate, just let, let's just quickly touch it. You've uh, done wonders to to what the send off was like at the stadium on the weekend. All the content that has been put out since. Has um, been amazing. I'll be honest, mate. One thing that I'm not going to miss at all is any more photos of Mark Noble or someone else sweeping a dressing room. <laughs> like Saved a million people from a from a burning building. Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. That it's like one anecdote he told a while ago, and it's just been absolutely done to death, like happens so often in football. (laughs) I've got absolutely no appetite to see any more pictures like that or stories about it. Um so that's one thing. One thing um as well, and I've always said this, right? I've always said this about Noble. I always think, and as much as it's amazing what he's done, it's admirable, and you know, I love it, and it's brilliant to how loyal he's been, etc. I always think Mark Noble has been about as good as West Ham and vice versa for almost the whole time he's been there. There are periods where the level, the, the level of the club were the, or the club were worse than his playing abilities were. For example, when we're in the Championship, the most recent time he's probably a bit too good to have been playing in the Championship then. And I think there's times as well where the club's level have been a smidge better than what Mark Noble has been the last two seasons being the most predominant one, 2015, 16. He was an integral part of, of that side there. But, you know, there was a few Dave kids wrote in his column in the sun on the weekend, um, or earlier this week, did a brilliant job, um, and said, you know, if he'd have been as good as Declan, Wright, if he'd been better, let's not kid ourselves that he would have spent 18 years at West Ham. If he'd been streets, like miles better than what he is or considerably better than what he is. And also by the same token, if he'd been considerably worse or his levels had dropped off at any time, which is credit to him that, you know, he wouldn't have been let go or sold by the club. I think it, it's been as much of a sort of happy coincidence that he stayed there <laughs> this long, just where, where West Ham and Mark Noble were, and I don't slate me for using this word, But for a long time, we're quite. It would be fair to say the word average was pretty, you know, we've said our average West Ham were for the last however long. And although I'm led to believe that he had several other offers, as most footballers will, throughout his West Ham career to go elsewhere. And let's not doubt that he could have picked up another 10 or 15 grand a year here or there, which isn't to be sneezed at, even though he's he's earned reasonably good money, 50 to 65 grand a week-ish. Is his average salary in his time at West Ham? Um, loyalty has cost him, so let's not take it away like from that side of things. But it was never like the clubs interested in him. I think it was like West Brom when they were good. It's never like, oh yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United
0: came sniffing, did they? Or PSG, Milan, think... or you know? I see what you're. I see what you're. I see the point you're making. I'm just um, trying
1: to in- inject a little smidge of realism into uh,
0: uh, and I, just an I, I interesting point. I don't wholly disagree with, with the point you're making, mate. Um, <laughs> but you feel angry about it. <laughs> no, it's just I think a lot of people overlook the fact that, yeah, okay, he'd had interest over the last 18 years from other clubs. Hmm. Um, but they overlook the fact that if that interest come at a time when a manager was interested in selling him, then he probably would have been sold, regardless if we would to mm. stay or not. A lot of people overlook the fact that since he made his debut under Pardew, mm. eight, eight or nine different managers have come and gone in that yeah, time yeah. at West Ham, and not a single one has decided to sell him, or decided, mm. you ain't good enough for me, mate. You they won't get much money for him? Or... West Brom are interested, <laughs> you're going. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking no for an answer. You're off, mate. Like, Mark, they've they've offered they've offered two point two million quid. Yeah. But regardless <laughs> of that, like every single manager's come at the football club and seen the value that he can offer, mate. some yeah, More from the not on the pitch, but they can they can see the value offers in the dressing room. Yep. Um, I don't think many. I've seen a lot of fans comment like these are fans of other clubs, and I don't even think they're fans. I mean, the perfect audience for the Super League type of fans. And yeah. um, that go well. I don't know why you're all like gushing over him. He ain't won a trophy or anything. He he's done nothing in his career.
1: It's yeah. like yeah, but the people that can't see beyond what football's yeah.
0: About. yeah, oh yeah. But what's what's you ain't know, won a trophy, but the, the actual importance to him, uh, to the managers that have, that he's played under, but also to West Ham and the squads that he's played in, goes beyond his own talent and what he can yeah. offer on the pitch. I think, and I think that's one of the most impressive things and one of the most overlooked things actually for for Martin Noble in his career is Definitely. that. Um, it's so rare to have a player like him, someone that grew up around the corner, loves the football club, literally lives and breathes the football club, is a great leader mm. and captain aside, um, cares, um, looks after the squad, looks after new players. Um, it's essentially um, not just a captain, but also an assistant manager almost to, to, to a certain extent. Um managers, every single manager that, that he's played under has recognised that fact and has utilised that to the best of their ability, to the best of his ability. So I think, yeah, he may have had interest going back to the original point. But I think it's brilliant knowing the fact that not a single one of those managers saw had any interest in, in selling him because it wouldn't have benefited them. And it certainly, it probably wouldn't have benefited Mark Noble.
1: No, and you know what, mate? And first of all, Well played. Consider me well and truly put back in my box. I'd just like to say that. (laughs) Thanks. I'm I'm actually glad I sort of brought that up because what to draw that out of you, because that was brilliant. You're so right. And he's mentioned before, hasn't he? that he's been asked, you know, and that's he says that's the thing he's most proud of about West Ham, is the fact that eight or nine managers have come and gone, and that he's survived all them, and he's played under almost every single one of them. Uh, So you're right, definitely, 100%, and that is overlooked. You're correct. And it's abundantly clear how he loves the club, almost. And the new players thing is massive. That's an anecdote I've heard a few times before, of how brilliant he is with new players, and how every single one of them, uh, he goes... Make sure they're okay, not just at the club and at training, but off the pitch as well. And he's always there for a phone call if anyone ever needs anything.
0: Master yep. alluded to it on his, in his tweet. Thank you, two thousand. The f- first first man to welcome me to the football club was you. You know, they're so underrated. Yeah, um, yeah. for yep. a captain and a member of the squad. So yeah. Yeah, you're so right mate, yeah,
1: you're so right. And again, it's, of course it's about more than just the fact that um yeah, he was a reasonable uh midfielder, which he is what he was, isn't it? <laughs> no, I don't think any no one no West Ham fan in the world. 2016 he was one of the best
0: midfielders in England, definitely. Yeah. But no West Ham fan in the world is going to is going to even attempt to argue that he was a world-class midfielder in his day um or you know, yeah, that one year he was he was statistically the best midfielder in England. Yeah. Um but no one of. Yeah. I don't think it, his numbers were quite beaten, Gerard No, no, no. But he was but... He, he was certainly up there and should Beth have, gone, should yeah, have yeah. been in England squad. But yeah. no one's going to argue that he was this world class century midfielder that, you know, mm. should have should have got hundred caps for England and should have been pushing Gerrard and Lampard out of the squad. Absolutely mm. no way. Um but he was a he, he was just a good uh, a, an average to good Premier League midfielder. Yeah. Um, who was consistent and Mm. had a lot more value to offer a a football club than just his footballing ability. Yeah, definitely. And if we are just looking at footballing ability, it still
1: is an impressive feat to to make as many Premier League appearances as he had, to to even stay over that period of time, to stay at average Premier League midfielder level, in central Mm -hmm. midfield as well it's still an impressive feat to have done that just from a purely footballing stance. You would argue that really, even Moisey you sort of alluded to it, you would argue if if he wanted to and if he had the desire and he wasn't so West Ham orientated or whatever, he could easily go, he could get a gig at Bournemouth coming up, couldn't he? Or Mm. Fulham. Or you're telling me that and whoever comes up in the playoffs wouldn't kill to have someone with the amount of Premier League experience as Mark Noble in the team. So, yeah, absolutely, mate. So yeah, look, um, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you came back with that because you well and truly put back my box. One more then before we sign off, Josie. Favourite Mark Noble moment or just any sort of
0: final comments that you want to make on the topic. I've got it's difficult because I can't remember it's very difficult to remember West Ham without him. So much has mm-hmm. happened over 18 years. Um I think one of my favourites is when he you he carried Ander Herrera off the pitch
1: Hmm.
0: in that FA Cup tie at at Upton Park. Um, Great moment. Um, Footballing moment, I mean, every single penalty he's scored (laughs) uh, ever. (laughs) Uh, The goal at Leicester was sublime. Um, His goal against Spurs, though, in that 4-3 is the one moment where I will always look back and go, yeah, that's that that announced him at West Ham. That goal, his the, first volley. League, like the volley, the half volley, on uh, Tevez Tevez chests it down and he volleys yeah. it in. Amazing. Um, obviously, we know what happened in that game, and obviously the scenes yeah. of Nobbs crying on the pitch after. But that goal kind of announced him in the West Ham squad, hmm. uh, first Premier League goal, and that kind of just set the tone for him for the for the rest of the for, for his for the rest of his career, I think. Hmm. But so many moments, so many great moments. He's he, so many ups and downs. He's lived it like we all have, and. Um, it's going to be strange without him in that squad next year. Uh, and It's going to be strange seeing another player wearing the number 16. It's going to take some time to get used to, I think. <laughs> they are <laughs> but, not going to retire that, are they? <laughs> I mean, I did, I, do you know what? I thought this. I thought, I wonder if they'll think of retiring. I thought, surely not. They can't retire 16. Like, be, That's a bit much, it'd isn't be it? a bit much. But it would be weird seeing... It'd take a little bit of getting used to seeing another player wear it because you, know, you, you think of number 16 at West Ham you automatically think no one. So... Hmm. But, yeah. I still um,
1: think of it weirdly, as I can still think of, like, it feels like he played a lot longer in the 24-dog. Yeah. But I don't think it was that many seasons, was it? But Me I remember him in that one. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's gutted that he's leaving, but obviously delighted that um, he gave us so many, so many good years, so, so many good years of service. And uh, obviously wishing best, wishing all the best, hope he enjoys a holiday with his family. Uh, yeah. He keeps talking about how much he's looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, he deserves it. 100% deserves it. And looking forward to seeing what he does with the club when he does finally return. Because he will come back in some capacity. Mm.
1: Um,
0: yeah. See, looking forward to see what he does.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And obviously, soccer aid, first of all. He's got that. Oh, yeah, name. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Finally, his English.
1: English. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I totally agree, mate. I've got one memory of him really, really early. Um, and weirdly, it's not for West End, but I remember going, I used to go and watch South End quite a lot on my local team, um, well, they were, and when I grew up. And uh, yeah, and I remember going to watch them um, uh 2006, it was at home to Hull City when Noble was on loan there. Noble only played five times for Hull in the league when he was there. He spoke about it before, not being. That much of a success he obviously went to ipswich as well after that but yeah watching him um watching him play for whole city at roots hall and obviously like the west ham links i was quite excited about it and everyone else around me is like who the hell how why do you know that like 19 year old whole city midfielder or whatever he was <laughs> and uh, yeah i vividly remember that just see it was a soaking wet horrible evening i can't really even remember the score to see him like absolutely doggedly fighting for every single ball and thinking, oh, he looks all right. Like, you know, surely we there's room for him in the team. He's got a bit of heart. He's like a little ball terrier scrabbling around everywhere. Uh the Herrera thing was funny. I I think just that my image of him there, and I know like people laugh laugh at it. Yeah, and I, I mean he gave that speech, didn't he? But that that last game at Upton Park, that really mm. felt just everything about that and him clapping the fans at the end of that game, that sort of felt special. And I think he gave the speech and he said, you know, didn't he, that we're not run like a circus anymore. And let's be honest, at least he's run like a football club compared to the Icelandic people. His heart was in the right place. He knew what he was trying to say. At
0: the time, it did feel like we were were going forwards, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I can see why he said it at the time.
1: Yeah, and obviously it's sort of memes to death now. But I think what, what's great about all of it, and he said at the, and it really moved me, he said at the Player Awards, he said, I've lived the dream of everyone in this room. I supported West Ham when I was young. I've played for West Ham my whole career and captained West Ham for a lot of it. You know, he won the playoff final. I remember the the images of him there. My favourite one. Probably my favourite if I had to pick, even though he wasn't, you know, he's not on the pitch. The one of him on, uh uh whose was it? Was it Sheringham's back? There's that iconic photo.
0: The, um, Zamora's the, goal against Preston. That's he's it. On, he's on Sheringham's back.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was amazing. That was. And I just, that's why he's so... You know we've, we've chatted a few times this season, and I have really really fallen back in love with West Ham this year. Mm-hmm. I mean it was good last year and I enjoyed it, but I did have that. Oh, just we weren't slack. there, were we? As well no. last season. Yeah. No, and I really have a proper fallen back in love with with West Ham. Not just because, and it's easy to oh, it's just because you've done all right. It's not that. It's the spirit and the the players and Moisey and. Everyone just trying and being proud to play for the club and working hard. The result.
0: The result. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And I honestly think, and I've perhaps overlooked it, taking it for granted or whatever, but the, hearing all the stuff and hearing him talk at the, the player awards. And just honestly, mate, just seeing him cry. Right. We've spoken about it a lot this year just seeing him cry like that obviously means a lot you hear so much don't you platitudes from players social media is full of players with managed accounts pumping out platitudes after games big three points onto the next one thanks to the fans all that sort of rubbish the man really is one of us isn't he tweeting the about Grady D in Ghana you know I'm as a I'm really not happy that that's happened you know that's like that's not the behavior of a normal Premier League professional captain, is it? <laughs> like, Last of fact, his kind,
0: mate. Last of his kind. Yeah.
1: And he hasn't done any. like Diangaro hasn't done anything since and Noble was wrong about it, but that's, you know, that, everyone loved that, didn't they? And you think, oh yeah, and the bloke, you know, he lives in, uh, lives out in Essex, he still walks up, walks up and down the high street, just like a normal bloke, like so many of, of West Ham's fans do, and and I think, like you, James, really, it's definitely been overlooked and taken for granted, certainly by me. Um, but, yeah, just hats off to you, mate. Hats off to you, Noble. Right? What a life. What a life. Obviously, he's got another, uh, hopefully, plenty of years of him ahead. But to get to 35, yeah, what a, he's definitely right. He's definitely right. Not one person in that stadium at the weekend say they've lived their dream as much as Martin Noble have so all power to you thanks for everything and as Jonesy said hope to see you around the club for many many years in the future but enjoy whatever you do next stay with us Betway Charity Bets next Like London buses James Jones has not won a bet all season, and then it's two in two weeks for the main man himself, Jonesy. A little bit, a little bit prickly, didn't you? When I gave you a bit of grief about it the other week, when you still hadn't won any, didn't like it very much. Managed to keep it under your wraps just about, but I've known you long enough now to be able to tell that familiar little thing, little flicker that goes on in your <laughs> face when I know I've taken a gone a step too far and I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, Managed to keep it under your hat, but it obviously worked. And I'll remember this in future when I need to motivate you, uh, that you're obviously not an arm around the shoulder kind of guy. You're a give him a dig in the ribs. And so you feel like you need to prove someone wrong kind of geezer. Complete yeah. polar opposite to me who needs to be mollycoddled at all times. Um, but you've won two Betway charity bets in two. Got that big fat zero off of your scoreboard for the Dylan Tombeides Foundation. Congratulations, mate. Talk us through it.
0: Thanks, mate. If anything, I'm just so relieved. The first one was good, but it was only 137 pound 50, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm off the mark, but I'm disappointed in that total. I can't end on that. Yeah. So to get another 500 quid this weekend, I'm just so relieved. Like, I actually can't tell you how excited I was when I realised the bet had come in during the game. Mm. I was telling my mates, my mates that. Like, oh, Whatever, mate. Yeah. And I was like, no, like, this is big news. It's it no is. longer an embarrassing total. To, to, right. like, I'm happy. So, just delighted. Obviously, it's also for uh, a fantastic cause as well. So, yeah, you're more delighted to finally be off the mark. So, talk us through it
1: then, mate. 10 to 1 shot, it was.
0: 10 um, to 1 shot. Over... Go on. Both teams to score over two and a half. And Jared Bowen have two shots on target. Nice and simple. Ten to mm. one, actually. Looking at that now, is actually quite quite a good price. So um, a good price, you think? I thought that was quite skinny when I saw it. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, pretty fair good. Enough. So um, well,
1: yeah.
0: uh, all good.
1: Congrats! So I believe that takes your total for the season to six hundred and thirty-seven pound fifty, which Betway it will does. match. So that uh, brings you up to what? Just over twelve hundred 1200, and twelve hundred and seventy quid, just over something like that. Yeah. Uh, which is absolutely brilliant, mate, and like you say, a much more respectable total there. I was a little bit unfortunate actually uh, at the weekend because I was well, I I was close. I had over three point five goals, both teams to score, and Craig Dawson anytime sixteen to one. Um, yeah, you it was you persuaded me with that one, wasn't it? Saying you know if if we're gonna score, um, it's gonna be from a set piece, big Craig. I thought yeah. He's right. I love some of that. We didn't really get close. Um, but yeah, it turns out probably one of the shortest geezers on the pitch. Put two in for West Ham. Reese once again with a ridiculous sixty-six to one shot. City over nine point five corners, over three point five goals, which obviously came in. Aaron Cresswell anytime. Uh yeah, congratulations, mate. Um we've got one more game left to raise some money for the three charities just a reminder for any new listeners um at this stage of the season if there's any new listeners welcome um but me and the lads thanks to our charity partnership with betway uh receive a 50 pound stake each week to put on a charity stake that is to put on a three-legged bet of our choice mm-hmm. uh, a bet your way bet with Betway, uh, saves. we don't see any of the money. It's a charity stake only. The bet is put on for us, and any winnings from those bets go towards the charities that me and the lads are playing for. That's me, James, and Rhys Baylis. Um, and yeah, I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombeedy's Foundation, and Rhys has been playing for Isla's Fight. Um, and yeah, Betway as well. Match any winnings that we get at the end of the season. And Josie, you've got the the overall. What's that done to the overall leaderboard? Because we said last week we were a little bit shy of last season's total of around twelve and a half grand. Uh, what's that done to us overall? Because I'm pretty sure with that haul from you, that must push us over the twenty thousand pound mark for two seasons. But what's that done to this year's earnings?
0: So it takes us to uh, eight thousand and twenty five pounds all in, including betway matching what we've won. Okay. So it does take us to about uh, just over 20 to maybe 20 and a half thousand pounds over two seasons with one more week Brilliant. to go.
1: Wonderful stuff, mate. Yeah, we've got one more chance this week for that Brighton game to to have one that comes in. What have you gone with, Jonesy, this week?
0: Well, now I've got two, two, two in. I'm quite, I'm going to be bold. So I've gone for a correct score. West Ham to win 3-1. Ooh. I told you I was confident earlier on in the show. So West Ham to win 3-1, barring any time, and over eight and a half corners.
1: Nice one. Nice one. I like that. 3-1. Yeah, that will ramp the odds up nicely. I've just gone nice and simple, but uh, I've gone with the things, two things that I think are completely unlikely to happen. That is West Ham to win because we never, ever beat Brighton. Mikel Antonio to score. And both teams to score. Brian, look, okay. I know they're sort of low scorers. They have been low scorers at home, but put four past Man United at the Amex, and yeah, it's one of those where I just think I've had a good season bets wise. Pleased with my grand total. Um, what is mine, Jonesy? I know I'm leading at the moment, but yours have you
0: got, it? Have you got it in front of you. Me, yes. um, bear with me when I get back up again. We'll bear with you. But either way.
1: 2,475 2,475 so that's uh, without the uh, that's, without, du- without, that's yeah. without the Betway double so that's about five grand in total which is brilliant um, and I just thought I don't really think West Ham are going to win I don't think Mikhail Antonio is going to score and Brighton don't score loads of goals at home so both teams to score might be unlikely so I thought yeah that sounds That's uh, that was the logic of it This week, Uh, it's good stuff from you, mate. That will be huge odds, and if that comes in, absolute party time. Oh yeah. Uh, Reese Bayless has gone for Kurt Zuma anytime over three and a half goals, and West Ham over five point five corners. So, just a reminder, uh, as we say every week, uh, you can place uh, back those bets for real if you so wish on the Betway website and app. Just go to the game in question. This week, it's West Ham against Brighton. Uh, go to pre-built bets, scroll down there, and you'll find the We Are West Ham selections. Mine will have my name on it. James's will have his name on it, and Reese's will, will have his name on it. The odds for that game come out later in the week. Jonesy posts them on Twitter, and then, as I say, you can buy them, uh, place back them, sorry, so if you so wish for yourself, on the Betway website and app. Uh, just this would be a good time, Jonesy, I think, to say a huge thanks to Betway. We'll obviously do that in the... Uh, in the final review show, when we go through it properly next week with the winnings we earn in total, hopefully there's some more to add to the pot from this Brighton game. But a huge thanks to Betway, Chad Yeomans in particular, who took a you know rolled the dice on on our podcast at the beginning of last season. It's been a fantastic partnership mm-hmm. for us, isn't it? And to have have raised you know we sort of do this once a week. Used to be a radio show, now just having a chat over. Um, I through our laptops once a week talking about West Ham and, you know, it's it's, it's a short section in the middle of the pod uh, and we, we we don't dwell on it for ages. We chat about it briefly. Um, but it's, you yeah, know, for all the good things we've done via this podcast and some of the excellent co- comments we've had back and all that sort of stuff, which I love. It's lovely to hear from the listeners and the feedback we get. To have, between the two of us, uh, or the three of us, with with that partnership with Betway, to have given twenty thousand pounds to three really amazing West Ham link charities. I'm really proud of that, mate. And, and like I say, it sort of gets gets not not overlooked, but it's one of those segments of the pod each week where it just comes in the middle, and our emotions are usually high for either good or bad before or after either looking forward to a game or looking back on a good result or a bad result, whatever. Um, But yeah, to to sort of just do that quietly in the background, um, good guessing over the course of a season for me, you and, and recent to have, to have hit that 20 grand mark over two seasons, just from talking about West Ham, all thanks to Betway. I, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of that, mate, and I'm glad uh, that we've been able to do it again this season. So, yeah, just just now's the time to say thanks to Betway for uh, for taking having a bit of faith in us last season, rolling it, rolling with us again this year. Um, yeah, amazing stuff all round. Stay with us. Opposition view ahead of that Brighton game on Sunday. Next. Hi everyone, Will here. Apologies, but I know I told you we had the Brighton opposition view in this section, but unfortunately we were let down by three different... Brighton fans in the process of trying to get it sorted. All the more reason for you lot to want to beat the Seagulls at the weekend. However, I'm still working on it, but I wanted to get this podcast out now, so I'll do that. And if I do manage to nail an opposition view, I will release it as a separate podcast before the end of the week. Jonesy will put it up on YouTube as well, so it'll be available for you. But sorry, it's not in this podcast. Up the hammers and stay with us because there's still more from me and Jonesy next. James Jones, that is it. That is it, mate, for another season at the We Are West Ham podcast. You'll hear from us next week, of course, but it will be the end of season review. Uh, We haven't actually settled a date on that yet, Jonesy, whether we're going to do that next week or the week after or, or what. But you'll hear from us again within the next couple of weeks with our end of season review episode, as we always do. But that's the last proper format one, Jonesy. What a season it's been. What a, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Podcast-wise, Ghana West Ham-wise, I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely <laughs> flipping exhausted from gallivanting all over Europe. Obviously, I've had a got a new job in January, which which threw my schedule up in the air, and you've been really accommodating with that, doing lunchtimes and you know squeezing them in in the mornings or in the evenings or whatever. It, it's been... Difficult podcast-wise, uh, trying to fit in all the West, the additional West Ham games we've had to go to as well, trying to sort out even more opposition views than we've ever had to. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot, mate. And we've got to the end of another season, and honestly, ah, it's, what a blast! What a blast! It's sort of it's easy to get bogged down on it uh week in week out you know because it is a lot of work with the planning beforehand the, the time spent recording the thing and then editing it publishing it afterwards with the youtube social media and all that as well uh there's a lot obviously that we do have to run this like a proper business there's stuff that goes on in the background as far as that goes uh so it's, it is tiring but yeah uh it's it's just fun mate it's just fun logging on and chatting to you about west ham every single week and yeah, this is the bit I enjoy the most—just the actual talking bit.
0: Yeah, like you're just hitting that on the head there, mate. Yeah, it has been. It's quite exhausting. It's difficult to to fill it all in alongside our day jobs. But mm. the reason why we do it, um, and the most important thing is that it's just jolly good fun every week, isn't it? And <laughs> otherwise, we we just wouldn't do it. Um, like, and this season has made it a lot easier to do. Admittedly, it's been far easier to. Try and you know squeeze in video editing for YouTube and recording during my lunch break and stuff like that purely because it's stuck yeah But the football is just brilliant, and I love mm. I love David Moyes and, like, and the Yeah, amazing. yeah. And then, like I yeah. Just want to talk about it to someone quickly, just quickly for an hour. Let's do it. Um, and recording one over in Leon was was incredible. We spoke to Basti over in Germany. Yeah. Um. This diet, it's just been it's just been a wonderful season. Got one more game left. Hopefully, it ends on a higher. But from a podcast point of view, it's been just um, and to be and you mentioned it briefly that we've come from a live radio show to where we are now. Hmm. Covid threw it all up in the air, didn't it? A couple of years ago, and yeah. I really feel like we've created something pretty special between us, mate. Obviously, with the help of Tom last year and Reese yeah. a little bit at the beginning of the season. Betway obviously been really great supporters of us, but. I really feel like we've created something really, really fun and special. Um, People clearly enjoy it because the numbers are good. The downloads, download numbers are going up every week. The YouTube numbers are going up. Subscribers are going up. We get some really, really good messages on social media and in the reviews and get the odd email and people donating pints and stuff. So people clearly enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. And I think that's that nothing means more to me than that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely.
0: So I think, Go on. Go
1: on. Sorry, mate. No, no. Go on. I think what you said there about, um, you know, you, and you mentioned all the people who are involved. I think that that's the thing, isn't it? You know, all the opposition. You just got to sort of say thanks to those people as well, really. All the opposition views we do is people yeah. giving up their time every week. You know, obviously Chigi, who comes on, has been doing it with us for for a long time. He's a good guy. Your mate Steve. We've had lots of return guests, um, opposition view wise. Uh, yeah, you know, Tom was amazing last season. It was a shame we had to we had to part ways or whatever, but it was great having him on the pod as well. Reese tried a bit. It just didn't quite um, work out just from a pers- couple of personal things. Stopped Reese doing it, but he's been there every week doing the bets um, and sort of in, in the background that none of you have seen. Chad's been amazing. Uh, yeah, there's it, it's obviously a lot of other people that make this podcast what it is, mate. Um, and you know what? You know what I like a lot? is that in a in a world and you mentioned it briefly there about all the feedback we get the vast majority of it mate oh no in fact almost all of it is positive stuff we don't uh, you know and 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 on a place where every day it will take you about three scrolls on twitter to find someone abusing someone about something Mm -hmm. and considering we put this out to and and look our the, the people, you guys listening at the moment are the absolute lion's share of our, of our audience. We get way more um, listeners on the podcast than we do. Oh, a couple of our YouTube videos recently have done particularly well. The two Iron Eintracht Frankfurt ones, the interviews we've done with Tony Cotti earlier in the season around the Pie capital stuff. That was an enjoyable thing. Bringing news of the actual like hard news. We've got that interview ahead of anyone else in the mainstream media or you know, anywhere else. Um, but, you know, there's thousands of you that download this podcast and have done over the course of, you know, this season, last season, since since we got going. And that's that sort of grown organically, which we love. But the, the messages we get are just really positive and nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I listen to a few podcasts, not necessarily football ones, really, but who talk about building a community or whatever. And let's be honest, we've said it before. We I think this season we've got slightly better with... Communicate with people on social media. I've certainly tried to make an effort. Lots of people message me uh, on my Instagram or or Twitter or whatever it is. But considering we put this out to and thousands of people listen to it every week
0: globally, that is as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. But and both of us come out with some rubbish. All right, <laughs> uh, me predominantly, I'll give you that yep. one. But something ridiculous each and every week. There's
0: no abuse.
1: Is there really?
0: And- no, we've come a long way from when I got told that i put people to sleep, let's put it that way. Yeah,
1: yeah, that yeah. Was, that, those were good times. I miss the abuse, to be honest, especially when it was aimed at you. Um, and You know, we, we do get a little bit of grief and some of the funny negative podcast reviews we've we've read out before. You know, we love all that just as much. But I, I, I'd just like to say now, because in case I haven't made enough of it before, that those of you who have messaged me or message the podcast account, just telling us where you listen, or that you know, what your thoughts are on certain things. Um, I'm not going to name names because I'll I'll, mi- I'll miss some people out, and, and perhaps I'll sort of collate a, a bit more of a list uh, next week just to give thanks to a few people specifically. Um, but there's been several occasions this year, mate. Whether just life, you know, life gets on top of you a bit, doesn't it? And you're feeling a bit glum and a bit low. And I'll get a, a message, a random message come through, or we will on the podcast account, whatever, from effectively a stranger, someone we've never met, who just takes a couple of minutes out of their day just to say, all right, lads, um, love what you do. I've been listening this morning on site, or I've been listening on my way into work this morning, and I thought what you said was about this was hilarious, or uh, Will, you're ridiculous what your thoughts on on that particular thing are. But you know, thanks for all your hard work, lads, love what you're doing, uh, you know, keep it up and I'll keep listening. And I can't tell you how, that uh, what a lift that gives me uh, and how wonderful I think it is that someone takes the time out of their day. Um, and I know I get lots of lots of positive feedback and messages from, from lots of people who listen. So if you're one of those who's done that this year, uh, I just want to take the moment now to say thanks for that. Um, because uh, there have been some some grim weeks where, you know, you read something from someone you've never met and it completely lifts your mood and, and changes mm-hmm. your mindset on it. And, you know, sometimes after a particularly late edit and doing it early in the morning, you think, God oh, blimey, this is a bit. And then you read a couple of the messages and it's all totally worth it. So, yeah, a brilliant season. Exhausting, tiring, but I'm really, uh, you know, major thanks to you, mate, as well, obviously um we've sort of had to flex a little bit more particularly since january but i think we've managed to to spit out a a good reasonable product each and every week thanks to everyone who's who's listened of course um yeah final thoughts in jonesy from you on the final proper format podcast of the season before we do the end of season review as we always do over the next couple of weeks
0: well I'll, i'll keep it short and (laughs) i'll keep a short, unlike you just did will that's what <laughs> i heard there. but first of all like echo i think you just said and obviously thanks to you as well mate see um we won't go we won't get too soppy but there's no one else i'd rather do it with um so really appreciate that but um from a west End point of view we're going to go into a bit more detail next week but um it's been incredibly fun from a footballing point of view. One of the best seasons I can remember. And I'm sure many other fans can remember as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward. I don't care what European competition we're in next season. Obviously, I'd like it to be the Europa League. I've been telling Arsenal fans all day today that it's not that bad. Trust me, the Europa League is a fantastic competition. They'll love it just as much as we did. Um, we've fallen in love with that competition and I really want to be in next year. If we're in the Conference League, then so be it. I looked at some of the clubs that were already qualifiers and they look great. I really, Mm. really want to go to like Gibraltar or like Montenegro or something. (laughs) Um, I can't go on any more away trips. Or like Macedonia or something like that. Let's just do it. It'd be a laugh. No, no, that would draw like a Northern Irish team or something like that. But Mm. um, yeah, I don't care. We're in Europe again next season, another European tour, absolutely buzzing. And Martin Noble and those players, Martin Noble included, but mm. David Moyes as well. Um, have just worked wonders and given us memories of a lifetime over the last nine to ten months. And for that I'll be forever grateful. Um I never thought I'd ever see West Ham in a European semi final, and I did. So that's enough for me. Mm. We'll uh, we'll go into more detail next week, but what a season it's been. And it would be even better if we can end it with a finally beating Brighton hopefully.
1: Amen, brother. Amen. Don't forget you follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pew underscore James is at by James Jones. We are West Ham pod on Instagram. Search. We are West Ham podcast on Facebook. Do the same on YouTube. Email us. If you so wish at we are West Ham pod at gmail.com links, all the ways you can follow us and contact us are in the description to this podcast. And if you so wish you can buy us a pint, And support Jonesy and I at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. It's buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. The beers, donations start from a fiver. Money goes straight to us and we'll only be buying pints with it, especially next couple of weeks when we do the end of season review. We always make a day of it. We'll go for a beer before or afterwards. Raise a glass to David Moyes and West Ham United and raise a glass to the We Are West Ham podcast. I've got absolutely nothing to add to what Jonesy said there. It's been an absolutely amazing, once in a lifetime, unforgettable roller coaster ride of a season. Watching West Ham in a European semi final, it doesn't get better than that. Thanks for listening, everyone. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. From me and Jonesy, we really appreciate your support all season. You love one more show from us, the end of season review coming up. But surely, surely, with David Moyes at the helm, it's only onwards and upwards from here. One more game to go. West Ham are massive. Up the hammers and we'll see you next week.
0: Hi, this is Tony Cotti, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.